This podcast contains advice that should never be followed, spoilers you'll wish you hadn't heard, and language you wouldn't teach to children. When you've been cooped up indoors and quarantine bites, it's time for agony art. Lockdown lights. Welcome to Agony Art Lockdown Lights, the bite-sized version of the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems, not using our own brain power, <laughs> no way, but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun reading, listening and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. Yes, we're still here, remotely working, hoping with all our might that we'll never be called back into the office. My name is Aaron, and I'm an author and occasional reader of books. And I've got Carl, our fantastic film forager, and Liam, our meandering music maestro, here with me in our virtual studio to record Lockdown Lights, episode four. Say hello, lads. Hello. Hello. We're still in lockdown. Have you been uh, binging on anything good? Binging on any good TV shows, podcasts, anything like that? Except for Agony Art, obviously. Well, um, we've been reliving our childhood a little bit. We've been watching Pokemon on Netflix. Oh, have you? I didn't and even know that was on Netflix. Yeah, oh God, there's so many episodes. I didn't never realised just how many episodes they had when I was younger. Um, but we, we we watched it from the beginning. I don't know if either of you ever watched it. Uh, yeah. There's some... Well, yeah, Carl did a face like, of course I fucking did. But Aaron never watched it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I never well... watched it when I was a kid. It's amazing. <laughs> I, w- I played the I Game Boy say... games, obviously, but I never watched the TV show. Or collected the cards. Oh my god! <laughs> mm. The cards got banned at our, at our primary school. They did. Yeah. I had a secret pocket got, in my trousers that I used to hide them in. <laughs> Contraband cards. <laughs> I remember. This is um. Sorry to like overtake over Liam, but um, it was the start of like me thinking that you know I've got quite a good business brain. Pokemon cards. Because <laughs> I found a Pikachu card, and obviously Pikachu is not very rare, but um, it's, it's emotively people want it because Pikachu is the main character of the um, TV show. And um, I traded it for three cards, and then used those three cards to trade for like two each, and that's how I started my collection. I ended up like in the day, I ended up with like fifteen cards from one. What a lad! Uh, what about you, Carl? Have been watching anything good? Well, like you, Aaron, and we've been messaging daily on it, um, we've, when I say binged, like, this is ultimate binging, uh, Married at First Sight Australia, recommended by you and your wife. Um, oh, what a ripper. And what we found is that when we went to start watching it, we had, there's 41 episodes, isn't it, I think? <laughs> yeah. And we had... This it, is, uh, for the listeners, this is Married at First Sight Australia season six. Yeah, that's right. Because um, there has been a seventh since. Has it? Yeah, but we're not watching that. We're no. not going to go on to that. I can't invest so much, much of our lives. Again. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and emotion. It? So much emotion. My what, So it's a 41 episodes per series? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like Love mad. Island, like daily, I suppose. I don't know when right, it's actually yeah. on. But um, but yeah, so we had 21 days to watch 41 episodes. And some of them <laughs> were like an hour and a half long. So um, we managed to do it with four days to spare. It was so good though, wasn't it? It is. There's like, it's ups and downs. Sometimes it was torture, like trying to watch it, but <laughs> yeah. the ups were definitely have better you, than the downs. Have you watched any of them, Liam? 
Uh, we watched... No, we haven't watched the Australian one. Apparently that's like the best one or something I've heard. You're probably about to say you've watched the English one, yeah? The British one. Was it the English one, one or the American one that we watched? I can't I can't remember. It might, oh, have, been, okay. might have been the American one. Because the British one seems to take it a bit more seriously and they're actually trying to pair people up. But in the Australian one, they're just like, this is person A, this is person B. We've picked them off the street. Let's throw them together. <laughs> <laughs> There's three experts sitting there and they're like the most useless fuckers you've ever seen in your life. Giving no advice whatsoever. <laughs> it's a fucking shambles, mate. It's a shit show. But, um, but these these so-called experts, right? So they they look at the traits of the people and pair them together and say, oh, they could really benefit. Like they could, uh, they're, like they're a little bit opposite, but they could really like be good together. They pair one guy that's a, a virgin at twenty-eight with a woman that enjoys swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, I've always wondered this because that's quite a common uh, ideology, isn't it? That opposites attract. And I always think, do they really? <laughs> Not in this <laughs> case. <laughs> he was like horrified when she said what she was into. <laughs> the narrator would always say, a virgin Matthew. Right. And, and then after they did the deed, it was ex virgin Matthew. <laughs> 29-year-old former virgin Matthew. <laughs> um so it was it was entertaining, but I wouldn't do it again. No, he gets us busy for a while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, before we begin, I want to make it very clear that we're not really here to solve your life's hardest problems. All of our submissions are certified, 100% trivial and or fictional pickles. And our advice should almost never be followed. We're really only here to have fun. So if you're having a real hard time, I'd recommend going to our website for guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. So now we've got that out of the way, let's get on with it. Here's our first problem today. I fell out with one of my friends, friend A, about a year ago after she was really, really horrible to me. One of our mutual friends, friend B, also fell out with her and told me that after seeing how horrible friend A had been, she'd never talked to her again. She still says that. But on one of my daily walks recently, I saw them on a park bench chatting like they were good friends again. I'm a little bit hurt that friend B is talking to friend A again. But she is an adult and can be friends with whoever she wants. What I can't get over is that she's lying to me about it. I just feel so betrayed and don't know if I can ever trust friend B again. What should I do? This um, problem writer obviously liked my Clueless Emma example because um, there's definitely synergy yeah, it was a, there. It was about <laughs> as complicated, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, who's the... Um, yeah, so Ines has got to be the writer then. Ines? Ines, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got a name. Have we got any solutions? Are you going to do the entire problem in your Australian accent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know at what point it's going to become offensive. <laughs> I think we're past that point. <laughs> Give us a bitsy. Well, Inez, personally, I think it's always good, if you can, to talk through your problems if possible. You know, try to understand things from each other's perspective. But, you know, these things, they are very personal and sometimes you feel like there's no... There's no coming back from this. And if you do really feel like that, then uh, Whitney Houston has got some ideas on how you might be able to settle this. 
once and for all in a dramatic fashion. So I am referring to... I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing Liam, that will be it. And he's found a way to stretch to that. (laughs) Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody. No. (laughs) Um, I'm referring to her 1998 single, It's Not Right, But It's Okay. I listened to this yesterday. Did you? Quite in preparation for this. (laughs) I was... was, um, bootlegging leave Spotify and I just listen to whatever he listens to. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the original context is slightly different. Um, Whitney has found out that her man is cheating on her. <gasps> and now I was wondering if this might be a good opportunity for something we haven't done in a while, a pop quiz. Oh, uh, yeah. Can either of you tell me about Whitney's impressive detective work, about how she's figured out that she's being cheated on? Um, uh, is this the song where she's found his credit card receipt? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if if four of you had dinner, well, two of you are really cheap. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so on Friday night, the boys they've they've gone out to eat, right? And and then afterwards they've hung out, and he's not come home till three in the morning. So he's had a pretty good night by the sounds of things. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, as you both rightly pointed out, she's found the receipt for the dinner. And there's only there's only two meals on it, so what's going on there? I've always That's... had issue with this because on my credit card receipt, like on my statement, it doesn't say how many. Uh, I think you called him. Had a meal. You called him Whitney out on technicalities here because you might have just meant the receipt. She said oh, the okay, wrong the thing. The receipt from the. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so... the other thing is she might she might have just deduced it from the cost. Maybe. Like maybe, maybe she well, was if they like, were a really... Toby Carvery, yeah. 6 99 ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them got an extra sausage. <laughs> so Aaron's going to go, when she presents his evidence, he goes, no, because he doesn't say any credit card receipt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the first verse. There's also something else that happens. Can you remember that? Did, did her friend see them or something? Um, well, no. So, so one of his friends on a park bench during one of their daily walks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of one of his friends rings him up apparently, and uh, and he turns to look at her, which is apparently that's suspicious in itself. She's like, "Why are you turning and looking at me?" Um, but after that, he says, "Oh yeah, it's one of my friends from Fifty uh, Fourth Street," and uh, she's like, "Then why is two one three on your caller ID?" Because everybody. <laughs> Here obviously knows that two one three is the LA code, and Fifty Fourth Street is presumably near their home in New Jersey. So anyway, that's how that's how she's figured it out. Which I mean, if she's right, which presumably she is, I think that's pretty impressive detective work. I mean, that's worth it, Sherlock Holmes, that deduction right there. Yeah, yeah, sure. She's gone to great lengths to catch him out. I think there probably wasn't much trust in that relationship to begin with. She should have broken up with him ages ago. Possibly. Um, so you might be wondering, how is this relevant? As always. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, you know, Whitney's got advice for anybody who feels like they've been been betrayed. And uh, she's just basically saying, tell it like it is. And, and the chorus says it all, really. She's like, pack your bags, up and leave. Don't you dare come running back to me. It's, uh, you know, it's very it's, empowering. It's a big tune, isn't it? It is. Big tune. She's full of tunes, isn't she? She is. So yeah, I think that's good advice, Liam. Be honest. Just come out and say it. That was the advice, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> good. it was. 
didn't want to misinterpret. Can you, Liam, can you um, repurpose one of the lines to say, I saw you on a park bench? On the spot right now. Um, no. Oh, you're good at that kind of thing. Come on. <laughs> have a little think while Aaron's talking. All right, I'll have a think. <laughs> yeah, I maybe I wouldn't go that far, because as uh, Inez says... Jess can be friends with Martha if she wants to be. Like, she's an adult. She's under no obligation to follow your um, feud with Martha. <laughs> oh, it's hard keeping track of these names as well. <laughs> so as you say, you know, she can be friends with who she wants, but you're worried about whether you can trust her anymore. And I would say, personally, uh, you probably can't. <laughs> because, you know, you can't trust a double agent. And... At the end of the day, it never really goes well for double agents anyway. So if you just leave them to it, it probably won't work out for Jess regardless. Some examples. Two examples that I've already used in previous episodes. Bill Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, John Le Carey. I, I read that after your glowing recommendation. Yeah, what did you recently. think? Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, really good. Oh, he didn't <laughs> like why it. That's feedback. <laughs> oh, shit. He didn't like no, no. it. No, it was great. It was a real, it was a real page turner. Mm. Um, I've not really had many page turners recently, so it was a, made a nice change. When you say it's not a page oh. turner, do you literally not turn the first page? I just <laughs> sit there like, how do I continue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree, Liam. It's not, um, it's not action packed, but you are gripped, aren't you? It's constant mm. grippage. Uh, <laughs> Casino Royale. Actually, maybe I shouldn't be saying the double agent's name because it kind of gives it away, doesn't it? It's, those are spoilers. I mean, um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, that's pretty much the only thing that's worth knowing about the book, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll beep out when I say those names. <laughs> now, that I'm, now that we're in the habit of beeping things out on Lockdown Lights. <laughs> and I won't even say it for the last one then. The last one is an example that I haven't used before because... Um, I had to throw one of them in there. Um, <laughs> the Spy Who Came In From The Cold by John Le Carey. That's got a double agent in it. And in all three of those examples, it really doesn't go well for the double agent. So if you just let them get on with it, friend B, uh, Jess or Martha, whichever one I used, <laughs> will slip up eventually and pay for her crimes. But in the meantime, I would say... Just keep her at arm's length so that she hasn't got any intelligence to feed to your enemies. And also, one more double agent, actually. I've mentioned in previous episodes, and I think I've cut it out every time. I'm still playing through the Metal Gear Solid series. <laughs> I'm on Metal Gear Solid 4, Revolver Ocelot. He's a triple agent, and it really doesn't go well for him in the end. No spoilers. How are you enjoying 4? Because I, I don't think I've finished it just because of the extensive cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. Um there's so little game. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4, there's so little. Like you play for ten minutes and then you've got an hour and a half of cutscenes. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um I'm not uh, it's definitely the worst one, I would say. Even worse than say I've played Portable Ops and Peace Walker? Yeah, Peace Walker, that's it. And that's great. Peace Walker's really good. I'd really recommend it. I keep trying to think of the name of uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, and I keep thinking The Phantom Menace, which is not. 
<laughs> yeah. No, it's a new hope. <laughs> um, no, it's guns uh, of the patriots. Yeah, guns of That's the patriots. It, yeah. So I'll go a slightly different direction. I think, which will probably end up being the same direction when you tell me that's the same. Um, (laughs) This is is code for Carl wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go in a direction, possibly the same, possibly different. (laughs) I don't know. You tell me. 2007 Superbad, directed by Greg Mottola. Seth and Evan are two high school seniors. Uh, They've been friends since early childhood, and they're going to different colleges because... Seth's pretty clever and Evan's not so clever. They're going to go to a party. They're invited by uh, Seth is invited by Jules, and he says he wants to be all cool or super bad if you like. And he says he'll provide the alcohol. Then they have to devise a plot of how to get alcohol all being underage, and that's where McLovin comes into it. Their friend Fogel, who's got a fake ID. I know you both thinking what's this got to do with anything, but I'll get there. Don't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for you to get to a point where this is relevant. Um, How much of the information you've given so far is relevant to your point as well? Zero percent. <laughs> it's good a to know synopsis. Hundred percent cuttable. <laughs> so an underlying. So the film's all about them getting alcohol to go to the party to impress the girls, and an underlying plot is that Evan and Seth have a bit of friction because they're going to different colleges. And it turns out that Seth is going to be sharing with McLovin. And so he's coming between the friendship. So Evan's pissed off at McLovin and he keeps giving him shit and he hates him. But he also is hating mm. Seth for um, abandoning him to go to a different college. Um, now I remember. Yes, there we go. We got some <laughs> relevance. Um, yeah. So really, things happen. They get alcohol <laughs> to the party. So the party goes pretty well, although... You know, it's very messy. Next day, the friends have it out and they say, look, we're good friends. We can still be friends. Um, and Seth is only rooming with Fogel or McLovin next year because he's scared of not having any friends. And so he's like a backup option. So it actually turns out that um, they've both got kind of emotional issues to overcome that talking resolved, really. Okay, it's a little bit of a different direction, isn't it? Because Liam, I think, was probably saying, although he was saying, talk it out, I oh, think you were really yeah. saying, talk it out aggressively, weren't you? <laughs> like, well, the, the, Yeah, the, the art was saying, have it out, and if you're not happy, then... Pwah. <laughs> 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 just, just go, pwah. Yeah. Pwah. <laughs> I suppose we've, we've always said in previous um, episodes, like, you're, you're friends for a reason, so if you were friends, they must, like, you might be horrible, but find the root of the horribleness and see what it was that drifted you apart. Yeah, yeah, and still keep them at arm's length because it's proven she's a double agent now. I had a dream, it was a curious thing A wonderful podcast presenter's problem solved for me They helped me with my miserable life I had a fresh new start Blood it on But alas, when I awoke Time for problem two. I think my friend is finding lockdown three hardest of them all. Can you recommend some art to cheer her up? This is an easy problem to solve, isn't it? Because we haven't actually got to make tenuous links. <laughs> we can just say, <laughs> I'll just pick something to This is me fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please, I've, I've already solved this problem. How? I used Mamma Mia before 
didn't I, to say that oh, yeah. you need to be ch- it cheers you up. So I'm gonna just uh, not contribute to this one. <laughs> Your suggestion for this episode, for this problem is listen to that previous episode where you solved this problem. Exactly. Yeah. Listen think... to more agony art. Yeah, that's not. Well, a that's bad, um... that's quite similar to my suggestion oh, actually, in, which is uh, <laughs> we've got we've got a lot of playlists on Spotify. Ah. that you can listen to that have got some great art on them. Yeah, take your job and, and shove it. That would cheer me up. <laughs> I was going to say, mostly the Smiths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everyone knows how cheery Morrissey is. <laughs> how would Morrissey cheer someone um, up? What would he say? <laughs> oh, you can turn your frown around. And then you won't be miserable now. <laughs> you have never been so sad. <laughs> um, well, since Morrissey is so such a jolly guy, let's call this person Morrissey. <laughs> what what suggestions have we got for Morrissey? Well, I've never got to include this in my favourite films, but it's definitely um, one of my favourite films. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I realised just now that I've not it's not in my top ten, but um, nineteen eighty. Top ten. Like I have a, a top ten. It's on my phone. Physical top ten. Yeah, I ch- oh. I change it every now and again. Um, you shouldn't really have a top ten. I just got to remember what films I like, so I can just go back and watch Braveheart over and over again if I'm sad. <laughs> and I was going to use Braveheart now, but I thought. I need to save that for a perfect problem later on. So. <laughs> it's never going to get used because that problem's never going to come, Carl. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, 1980s Blues Brothers, directed by John Landis. And I believe mm. Liam's a fan of this film. Yes. I don't know about you, Aaron. Never seen it. No. Well, that's got to be changed immediately. <laughs> it's the one with um, Pikachu, isn't it? And uh, Team yeah, Rocket. Voiced, voiced by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good film. That does actually cheer me up. But anyway, yeah, go on, Carl. <laughs> um, so it's it's a. I don't know what people. What's your perception of Blues Brothers? Having not seen it, Aaron, what do you think it's about? Um, it reminds me of being a kid because I can't even remember why. But I don't know. I don't even know what it's about. I, I've seen it, and I don't know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's absolutely insane. So. The, like, the main plot line is Jake Blues comes out of prison. He gets picked up by his brother, Elwood Blues. And they used to be in a blues band, the Blues Brothers band. I can't remember exactly why he went to prison, but he's been away for a while. And Elwood's like living in squalor now. Um, the band's all dispersed. doing, And most of them are having like, just living everyday lives and jobs that they, and they're perfectly happy. The first thing they do when Jake comes out of prison is go to their old orphanage to see a nun who runs it. And the orphanage is about to be shut down unless they get $5,000 to pay the tax man. So Jake and Elwood decide that they're going to find this five grand for the nun. So then you get into them. Sorry, the next they go to a gospel church. And I can't remember why they do that. But James Brown's the the minister there. And he's singing his James Brownie type songs. And they get an epiphany that they need to put the band back together to raise the money. Um, Just quickly... Along with Morrissey, I think James Brown is probably the most referenced agony art <laughs> person. He's friend of the James show. James Brown and Morrissey must be top people. I did expect someone to say get or not when I said his name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, while they're in the gospel church, um, a bright light shines on Jake 
And he has an epiphany that he goes, The band! We gotta put the band back together. The middle part of the film is them putting the band back together, going going to visit the various people. Um, along the way, they meet Ray Charles in a music shop who plays a nice song, Shake Your Tail Feather. Shake Your Tail Feather, yeah. yeah. Remember that bit. And then they go to pick up um, Matt Guitar Murphy and Blue Lou, who plays a saxophone at a cafe where that's run by Aretha Franklin, who sings Think. And then once they put the band back together, they need to play their show, which is going to raise exactly five grand randomly. Um, but then they've pissed off so many people along the way, including cowboys, Nazis, the police, the army and the SWAT teams, that they're being chased like across Chicago and they don't, and they need to sneak into their own concert to perform. And they actually, such a weird film. <laughs> <laughs> and they only actually get to perform, I think, two songs and then they have to run away because the police are in the concert. And then it ends with them, like a high speed police chase to the tax office to pay the five grand. And then the whole tax office is surrounded by the, the army, the police, SWAT teams. Um, the Nazis are chasing them. The cowboys are chasing them. It's a, it's a great film. It's an absolutely great film. And it's just as, it's as mental as it sounds, but it's so entertaining. There's uh, just so many cameos in it, isn't there? Like the bit before they go on stage, uh, Cab Calloway is like the yeah. the guy who... I don't know. He's, he's like their he's like their mentor. father or yeah, something. He, yeah, um, he... He wears like the Blues Brothers gear, and he he introduces him to the music. And he the does um, he does Minnie the Moocher while while he's waiting for him to turn up. It's yeah. brilliant. I love that. He's so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's amazing music, lots of laughs, action, fun for the whole family. I think so. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go with a similar sort of thing. Just uh, silly books that I've enjoyed. The Big Over Easy by Jasper Ford. Mary Mary is a detective who's transferred to the nursery crime division to help Jack Spratt investigate the murder of Humpty Dumpty. And I don't really give books as gifts anymore to friends because I don't give friends gifts anymore. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we have noticed, by the way. (laughs) But when I did, uh, I gave a lot of people the big over easy. I might have given it to you at some point, Liam, but... I you didn't, were... but you did introduce me to Jasper Ford because you gave me Shades of Grey, not 50. Uh... <laughs> what? Um, you, when you were in friend-giving um, yeah. mode, gift, friend-giving gift mode, Aaron... That's easy for you to say. <laughs> well, I'm just asking my question. I was like, do you just think I can't read or something? Because you never gave me books. <laughs> Can you? I can't, I can't speak, that's for sure. <laughs> um... Uh, no, it's just uh, there are people who I know read loads of books. And I think you've even said on this podcast, the only book I've read in the last year and stuff. So you know, Island, if, yeah. <laughs> if you don't get free books that often, there's no point giving you free books a year, is there? Good out. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, if you can't read, there's no point giving you books at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> And the other one that I I was glancing over in my bookshelf, I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely a good recommendation. The Lucifer Box Set by Mark Gatiss. It's like a flamboyant and stylish spy trilogy by a very talented writer who worked on League of Gentlemen, Sherlock. So they're my recommendations. If uh, And if you enjoy The Big Over Easy, um, it's, uh, it's actually like a sort of a spin-off 
of the mm. other series, the Thursday Next series, which starts with... The Air Affair? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Which is about a literary detective um, called Thursday Next, who works for a special branch of the government um, investigating crimes related to classic literature. Um, and I think someone's kidnapped Jane Eyre or something in the first book. These these do sound crazy. I like the idea of them. I, I yeah. When I, I like read my next book. I might read uh, one of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love him as well. He's just great. He's like it's just silly. It's just yeah, silly just, comedy, and it's but brilliant. Brilliant though. It's like so inventive. Yeah, yeah, and so meticulous. Like the attention to detail. Mm. Um, well, I am not gonna give a silly suggestion. Um, oh shit! He's gonna I, I went to the Smiths again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this will cheer you up. <laughs> you should listen to, to the entire back catalogue of Morrissey. <laughs> no, um, I I went a bit serious for this one, because um, as soon as I read this, a real a real anthem sprang to mind, and and I thought, you know, if you do have a friend who's finding things really difficult, then maybe you could take the advice of a certain Mister Bill Withers from his 1972 song Lean On Me which I think everyone knows right can we uh, I feel like we we get a couple of bars <laughs> lean on me when you're, when you're not, not strong, strong I'll be your friend I said a couple of bars Carl oh, how many bars that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm that was sure. another um, married at first sight Australia phrase that I loved not having a bar of it <laughs> That's a really good one, yeah. <laughs> so, Bill Withers, very notably, in 2004, did an interview with songfacts.com. I say very notably because on the website, Songfacts say, back in 2004, no one had the time of day for us new websites, but Bill Withers took 30 minutes out of his day to give us an interview, and they were like really appreciative about it. Good man. And um, I thought I thought this was quite interesting. So this this was like his second album he was writing, and and he said in the interview he could afford to buy himself an electric piano, and he was sitting there, and his exact phrasing was running my fingers up and down the piano, which I think he means he was playing scales. As I was coming back down, I heard these last three notes, which is the, and. The lyric, lean on me, just popped into his head and he was like, yeah, I think that sounds really good with those three notes. And he just built the song around it from there. And I thought that was really interesting. That is good. And so, so yeah, and, and the song, you probably know it, but it's it's a really lovely tribute to the importance of friendship and having someone to confide in. He says in the verse, please swallow your pride if I have things you need to borrow, for no one can feel those of your needs that you won't let show. He also points out a reciprocal aspect to this behaviour later on. He says, for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. So he's saying, you know, pull yourself together because I need you. Yeah. I love the uh, the little breakdown. Just call on me brother. That kind of reminds me of another one of his songs. Um, I don't know another one. Do you know another one? Ain't No Sunshine. Oh, is that I him? do know it. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm going to have Hit to Google this now. He's the witchy sure. of both <laughs> um, And the bit in that where... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's him because it was in the same interview. The bit in that where he's doing... Um, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. goes on that bit. You know that bit? Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, apparently it was, it was never... <laughs> what do you know? 
Tell me. Apparently it was never part of the song. Um, he just did it like during the recording and they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll do something else with that later. And everyone in the studio just said, no, leave it in. It sounds great. So that's all we've got time for today. Check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned today. And for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs. If you've got a problem you'd like us to try to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. I want to thank our resident Agony Uncles for their contributions. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Liam. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out. See you later. Bye. Catch you on the flip side. But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here at Agony Art Agony Art Agony Art